Hey everybody, it's Jerry here. Before we get to our episode today with Stacy Kwong of Milk and Tea, um, I want to highlight an amazing organization uh, really working hard um, in these challenging times to continue to uh, help save lives. And they are the Asian American Donor Program. Asian American Donor Program is a nonprofit organization working to help blood cancer patients find their matching stem cell or marrow donor. They're running a campaign right now called Swa for India for the patient Mahesh, who is looking for a match to help uh, with this procedure. Uh, he was diagnosed with a blood cancer called acute myeloid leukemia. And the only way he can be cured is with a stem cell transplant. Unfortunately, only 1% of the donor registry is South Asian, leaving Mahesh with very limited options. They're looking for donors of all ethnicities to register to see if you could be his match, even if you're not you still might be able to help somebody else's life. Text AADP to 61474 or look up Asian American Donor Program on the internet or on the social channels. Really amazing programs like AADP are experiencing a decrease in attention, in support, and in donations right now because of all that's going on with the coronavirus. And we just wanted to take a moment to highlight a really timely and really important message from AADP uh, so we can find a match for Mahesh. If you got a few minutes, look them up, register wherever you can to donate. Thanks again for listening. And here now is my conversation with Stacy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Helper Series of the Asian Americans. I am your host, Jerry Wan. And today, uh, we are so lucky and grateful to have Stacy Kwong, who is the owner of Milk and Tea, a boba uh, shop with three locations, one in Los Angeles and Little Tokyo, Portland and Las Vegas. And I wanted to bring her on. Uh, she was put on my radar um, by David Verdusco. And it was a story of here is a small business owner who is getting ahead of what she believes to be coming and setting up philanthropic efforts to help the community. Uh, I want to welcome Stacy to the show. Hi, Stacy. Hi, thanks, Jerry. Uh, humbled to be here. You know, this week and, and next week, we're, we're talking to um, everyday community members who, in their own way, you know, wherever they may be and in whatever way they can, are doing things to help the community. Right. And I, I think the way, you know, um, I think it was talking about um, providing meals for school children, I think, is the context in which um, David had mentioned you to me. And in, you know, speaking with you for the last few days, it, it brings me a lot of joy to see so many people um, do the right thing. <laughs> Obviously, it's not, you know, it, it's not an easy thing to be going through. Yeah. And, and so I, I do appreciate you uh, making time. Um, and as our listeners can see, I have a bright light here. But as you can tell by <laughs> Stacy's camera, it is very late in the night. And so extra thanks for or making time for us. But Stacey, let's start with you and, and learn a little bit about you and, and your background. So share with us where, where are you from and how were your early years in life and ultimately leading your decision to open up a milk and tea uh, boba chain? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, born and raised in Los Angeles, uh, one of the luckier kids, born to a very Christian home. Uh, my mom, she's from China dad was from Hong Kong. He actually passed away in 2014 from lung cancer, uh, which was actually one of the things that fueled me to get milk and tea off the ground. Uh, ever since high school, always wanted to open either a boba shop, coffee shop. I think at one point I wanted like a karaoke studio. <laughs> I just wanted something that I can call my own. 
And yeah, throughout high school, I was always teased for being gay, uh, lesbian, even though I wasn't out. So I wanted a space where I could feel like me and not judged, just be myself. Uh, and that's how we kind of created Milk and Tea, my business partner and I. We painted a mural on the wall. It says, all are welcome. And we hang pride flags to know that, hey, this is a safe space. You are welcome, no matter your ethnicity, um, sexuality, et cetera, et cetera. After we, uh, we started with a food truck. After we did that for a couple years, we opened our first store in Little Tokyo. And now we have Portland and Las Vegas. And the rest is a history. <laughs> <laughs> Was that your first business that you started? Or tell me a little bit more about how you ended up and, and why opening up a boba store that is extremely inclusive was that important to you in your uh, business opening journey? The first entrepreneurial experience I can remember is when I was around nine. I cooked a box of Kraft mac and cheese mm. and I went to my parents and I was like, do you want to buy a bowl for 25 cents? <laughs> and my dad looked at me and he's like, I can get the whole box for 25 cents. No, thank you. And I kind of sulked and walked away, but that was my first uh, memory of even opening some sort of restaurant. And then in high school, I bought and resold iPhones. Uh, I would buy them from Craigslist, clean it up, make it look really nice, resell it for maybe 20, 30 bucks more. And I would just, that was my revenue <laughs> during high school. Uh, college, I started a failed clothing line. I'm actually wearing one of the shirts right now what, what does it um, say on there what's the brand it's called it was called talent domain i don't huh. know i wanted cool. a domain where all talents could come together i guess um obviously didn't do very well and i had like thousands of dollars worth of inventory that i actually donated a few months ago and after that I was kind of like, okay, this next business that I start, I, I don't want it to fail again, so to speak. So I made sure that I had a business plan, that I actually talked to my parents about it, did the whole nine yards. And even though we didn't follow the business plan, <laughs> kind of worked out a little bit better. <laughs> awesome. And most people, when they expand their businesses, at mm least -hmm. big enough for multiple locations, you know, multiple thumbtacks in an LA map. Right. Um, but you decided to go one state up and one state over. <laughs> Why and how did that come to be? In 2016, I actually visited Portland with a friend of mine, and I absolutely fell in love with the city, fell in love with the people, the vibes. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to say it right now. In two years, I want to store here. And I didn't have any goals, really, except for that. I didn't have a plan. I just said, in two years, I want a store. So after we opened uh, LA, I was just, you know, browsing the internet, looking for commercial leases. And I come across this one building in Beaverton. So it's not in Portland, maybe 20 minutes to another side of Portland. Yeah, I came across the building and I was like, oh, it looks really nice. And I was like, you know what? It's no, it's no harm to reach out to the landlord. So I sent him an email and I was like, hey, I'm a business from Los Angeles. Let me know if there's any tenant improvement programs that you have. And he responds and says, yeah, actually I do. And um, he told me to apply for it. And I was like, okay, great. And 
they accepted us. And in addition to that, we got a grant from the city of Beaverton mm. to open. So we had over half of our construction paid for. Wow. And that was really the point of like, well, if we turn this down, it's kind of stupid because <laughs> we have a store that's almost paid for. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I'm young. I'm not attached to any family. So I'm just going to move. <laughs> so moved to Portland for a year. Oh, wow. Uh, to open that store. And yeah, now it just runs on its own. And I'm in LA. Oh, very cool. And then I mean, Vegas, yeah. same, same story. But my business partner is really in love with Vegas. <laughs> So she currently lives in Las Vegas. Be- Beaverton's an interesting city, right? It's home to Nike. Mm-hmm. There's Intel. There's Microsoft out there. So exactly a-, a more diverse population than I think you would or one would consider in thinking about Portland, Oregon, oh, yeah. um, oh, particularly yeah. on, on, on the west side of town. So that's mm-hmm. very cool. Let- let's talk about the last few days. You, you are a small business <laughs> owner. Yes. And a restaurant I don't know, fast food, drink, some, you know, right, right, um, right. non-food essential business that I think has been impacted by initially probably by people's hesitancy to visit restaurants in general. Um, perhaps, unfortunately, we've seen a lot of anti-Asian behavior, um, racism that we saw, um, you know, locally in Chinatown and Koreatown here in LA. Um, yeah. And this I mean, seems like forever ago, but it was only maybe a month ago even. And, and now, um, with Mayor Garcetti of LA, the governor of Nevada, I think Portland maybe not, or Beaverton not yet, um, but you know, restaurants are being asked to participate or encourage social distancing by not letting people into stores and just drive through and mm-hmm. pick up only, or you know, delivery and pick up only. When when did you start to notice that was going to be a challenge for you? And what were some of the first things that you thought about when it, in the ways that it would have impact your business? Oddly enough, it wasn't until the mayor of LA said that he wanted to shut down all restaurants that we completely dropped sales in LA. Sunday, this past Sunday, was still incredibly busy for us. Wow, okay. People knew about, you know, the virus and everything, but they want their boba. I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna. So we were really surprised because we had already anticipated a drop in sales um, the week before. Right. And we were like, this weekend's probably going to be extremely slow. So we cut a few team members. And then last minute, we actually had to bring team members back on board because it was busier than we had anticipated. Mm. Um, but Vegas and Portland definitely drop in sales right when the virus started to spread a lot more and get more serious. Uh, we definitely noticed a drop in sales just because I think both Vegas and Portland or Beaverton, their stores are in more um, community settings. Right. It's not in a touristy area versus LA stores in Little Tokyo, right. which is very Lots of touristy. traffic, right? Yep, exactly. And so, what plans did you have in terms of? Uh, let's talk about just the business side of things. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, nobody has a, a COVID nineteen contingency plan <laughs> okay. um, or a global, you know, uh, health pandemic. Um, contingency plan, but um, you know you, your um, locations and your businesses a little bit spread out. Mm-hmm. You know, does that add to your concern about you know the three different states in which you operate taking different stances on things? And um, you know, how have your employees taken the news of potentially not making you know some money for a while? Yeah, um, luckily, 
all three teams across the board have been extremely understanding. Um, we have team members that are volunteering their time. They don't even want to be paid just to deliver drinks for us when wow. they're not on ship. And they're like, you know, we believe in milk and tea. We love you guys. We just want to help. And we're like, no, of course you're going to be paid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we would gladly love for you guys to deliver. So in LA and Vegas, we have a delivery program going on where we buy 10 or more drinks, delivery is free. Mm. And thanks to the help of our incredible loving team, we're able to make that happen. It's been a challenge, but I think we have a really strong team behind us just willing to help us get through this. That's really good to hear. And sh share with us a little bit more about your um, brown bag program that you've instituted or, you know, are trying out this week and not so much the what, but, you know, more of the why. <laughs> so on, I think it was Sunday after uh, Mayor Garcetti had released a statement that all restaurants were to be closed. I'm sitting there with my girlfriend freaking out internally and I'm like, well, what are we going to do? This is going to impact our sales. Uh, payroll's due tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. And I see this post on Instagram from our neighboring business in Beaverton. Um, it's called Lionheart Coffee. They said in the post, they're going to be giving free brown bag lunches available to kids or parents who need them just because schools that are closed are no longer offered to, um, are, are no longer able to offer free right. lunches. And it kind of hit me where I was like, yes, this is going to affect us, but we are still in a much better position than a lot of other families out there. Right. Um, let's say milk and tea were to close. I still have a home. Thanks to my mom. I, I still have a car. I still have, you know, a lot of, I still have food. Right. And just a lot of things that I'm blessed with that many other people may not have access to. And I was like, why am I freaking out and panicking when I could be helping others instead? So I contacted a Ben, the owner of Lionheart, and I was like, I want to do this too. What are you putting in the bags? This, this, and this. Um, and yeah, so we decided on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's great. And all three locations have a really hard time finding bread. Um, but we managed, I think LA is doing bagels because, sorry, uh, Vegas is doing bagels because they can't find any sliced bread. Wow. But we're making it work. So that, that's yeah. awesome. And um, let's talk about LA. I am more familiar with the, with the area, obviously. Um, right. Who's coming by? Who's come by today? And, um, you know, share with us maybe a story or two of some of the conversations you've had. Right. So it's interesting. Not a lot of people are actually coming by. Uh, we made about 50 bags today in LA. Before I left at around 6 p.m., maybe 10 of them were given away. And we started this at three. So mm. there's a whole three hours for people to right. stop by. And the people that we asked, they were like, oh, and like, no, it's okay. We'll leave it for someone who really needs mm. it. But I think a lot of people, they're either too prideful to take a bag or they just want to leave it in case someone else needs it. So right. if by Friday um, we still have bags, we're just going to donate it to the homeless shelter since okay. being in Little Tokyo, we're very close to a lot right. of homeless shelters. Right. So, yeah. I think that's, um, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I mean, you bring up another valid concern. The, the homeless population um, mm -hmm. in L.A. is has been growing at an alarming rate. And um, lat latest I heard, the county has, uh, you know, taken over or commandeered or gotten some hotels to turn those completely oh, wow. into temporary um, housing shelters. Um, incredible. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, there is, you know, some good that is coming mm -hmm. from this, um, you know, I mean, marginal good I mean, we, we have to take whatever we can right um and i want to you know talk to you a little bit about some of the things that you're hearing from your friends and, and fellow small business owners mm -hmm. um you know according to some estimates the service industry is 15 percent of the economy um which is a significant chunk and and right. most um you know restaurant guys and you know uh folks are not on salary obviously they're yeah. hourly plus tip and it's a variable uh, most of them are uh, marginalized from a, you know, equity and all sorts of different perspective. Mm -hmm. What do you think needs to happen or what would you like to see have happened, um, you know, for you to go back to as, as normal as we can? Honestly, let's say, for example, in Korea, um, if you're sick or if you have been around someone who is sick, the government gives you a care package. The care package is full of ramen, rice, water, tuna, just necessities. And in the U.S., you get sick, you get a hospital bill. Right. And it's, I understand shutting down restaurants and other non-essential uh, retail stores. But at the same time, all these employees, all these um, hourly staff, how are they going? Because... Yes, the business has stopped, but does rent stop? Sure. Right. So I definitely think some sort of package or some sort of detailed plan that the government could provide would have been better. Sure. Um, I do know that, you know, I'm sure the mayor is extremely stressed out right now and just kind of taking this day by day just like we are. Um, but I have heard of some sort of payment that the government is thinking about paying citizens sure. uh, during this time of the pandemic. So I'm hoping that'll happen because yeah. that'll definitely help me as a small sure. business owner pay rent. That'll help my employees kind of breathe a little sure. bit. Yeah. Because um, I know, I think the gas and electric companies, they're not shutting off the service sure. but at the same time next month i'm sure they're still going to have to come up for the missing the bill accrues correct exactly yeah. the bill's not going to go away right it's just going to start yeah. stacking up yeah and where are these where are these people going to get the money from That's, sure so uh one of my team members actually suggested that uh they file unemployment under milk and tea for not getting enough hours and while in a regular situation, I would be against that just because it does raise our insurance rates right? and the money does come out of our pocket. Um, I told them, I was like, go for it. Right. This problem is much bigger than the company. We sure. want you guys to, you know, get enough money, right. get enough stability to get through this. And I was like, I, I was like, do it. Yeah. Don't worry about us yeah. at this point. I, I, it's that's really heartening to hear because it shows your character and, and your what what's important to you 
personally for me, and I know from talking to so many other people this week that mm-hmm. um, all the things that we thought mattered don't overnight. Yep. Um, you know, the word should becomes a very different definition. The word need becomes very, very different definition. And um, it is, I think we so, we hear stories a lot, all the time of, you know, small business owners just being the most worrisome um, in addition to their, their staff. And, you know, thank you for putting your staff, um, you know, as, as a priority, because I think it's, it's hard. It's no, nothing is easy. Right. And I, yeah. Um, you know, as particularly as an Asian American community, a lot of us are sadly chuckling because, you know, uh, UBI or guaranteed payments of some sort was Andrew's idea. And, yep. you know, um, and from what I've read, he's not very happy that they're taking the idea because obviously it's not a forever thing. It is a one time, you know, pumping into the economy. Right. Yeah. Everyone's Yang gang now. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe Mitt, Mitt, Mitt Romney, um, you know, I don't know. He, he had spotlight for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think whatever we can do, um, but it is really, really cool. I think um, knowing why you started the business and why it means so much to you. And I can tell that it is a place that your team members uh, call home to. And I, I think it's evident by the fact that your local community in Little Tokyo um, is rallying around you. I don't know if we do the math, if everybody is self-quarantining at home, people don't need 10 bobas, but if that's your minimum, <laughs> um, people have a lot of extra boba at home. So, right. you know, I don't know when our audience members are going to be watching this video or listening to this podcast, but... Mm-hmm. You're, you're on the corner of San Pedro and Second. If you are in walking distance to Milk and Tea, I used to live around there. So I, I can start naming apartment buildings and, you know, <laughs> encouraging people to go and order. But, you know, I, I think this in, in this time of need, it is something that is, is really important. And relative to all the, the bad news that is coming, these stories are nice to hear. Yeah. Um, so, Stacey, thank you for making time for us. And, you know, mo- more importantly, um, thank you for doing the right thing. Of course trying our hardest. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, however way we can, um, in whatever way. Um, so I want to end with this, um, you know, our, our show, our podcast is called Dear Asian Americans. And my vision for it was really a love letter uh, to us, from us, um, to help celebrate, support and inspire and just encourage one another as we go through um, what uh, is never, has never been, continues to be a challenging immigrant journey where, um, you said you're born and raised proudly from LA and um, sometimes doesn't feel like we belong. And some people don't, they remind us that we don't belong. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is really a project that I wanted to start to really uplift and encourage and empower the community to do uh, good things and also let them know that people are behind them. Um, so um, in spirit of all that's going on, um, I will start our letter and uh, please help us finish it out. Dear Asian Americans, Um, stay strong, stay safe, wash your hands, stop hoarding toilet paper, (laughs) support your local businesses, and let's just get all, let's just get through this and spread kindness. Stop spreading the disease and start spreading kindness indeed. Uh, Instead, um, Stacey, thank you so much. Um, I, I look forward to the day that. We can walk around and visit stores and, and yes. buy boba and milk and tea. I, I really appreciate you making time. Um, it is past 11 here in LA and um, you, you have been more than 
accommodating in communicating with me to set this interview up. And I know that um, your situation at this moment is extremely challenging and um, you've been nothing but positive attitude and putting others first. So um, I, I wish you well, you know, in, in this uh, process. And um, I know you're still delivering boba and making things for other people. So um, you especially, please stay out safe out there. And, and for all of our restaurant and a lot, all of our service people, and in fact, everybody who just still has to work, um, mm -hmm. you know, medical, first responders, government, UPS stores are being forced to open. You know, it's, it's a lot of people oh, wow. that are there. Yeah. Um, to make sure that packages are flowing. So um, if, if you are um, working out there, um, actually, if you work on the east side of downtown LA, go order some boba. Um, so, you know, it is, it is an amazing um, time, not from a what's happening, but I think the response and the humanism that we are starting to see and, and the humanity and the stories that are coming out. So again, Stacey, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I wish you well. And as soon as I am Thanks able, I will go to your store and <laughs> buy some boba and we will yes, cheers after to after all this is over after all this is over we will yes. cheers to brighter days exactly thank you, for Stacey. now we're on postmates too so. uh, oh, postmates <laughs> there we go um and if you're listening we will put all the links in the, the the show notes if you're watching this wherever you are we'll put all those links so that you can order boba today um stacy thank you so much again and uh, we'll see you soon all right it's been a pleasure thank you thank you Hope you enjoyed the episode with Stacy. She's an amazing soul. Uh, really, really grateful to have met her. I think she represents so many other small business owners out there who, even in the midst of this crisis, are putting their customers and their employees, their team members, um, even ahead of themselves. So uh, to Stacy and to all the hardworking small business owners out there, thank you for what you've done and thank you for what you're doing and for all that you will do. Uh, to help really give us places where we feel welcome when we walk in and for us to be able to create memories. So please share this episode with a friend or two if you've enjoyed it yourself and check us out on theareasianamericans.com or at theareasianamericans on Instagram and Facebook and let us know your thoughts about this episode. Thanks again so much. This has been your host, Jerry Wan, and I'll see you tomorrow.